Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome in. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with you, as always, going to get you ready for another week of Chiefs football. We got the Broncos again in uh, in just a few days here. Boy, what a what a rotten time for the Chiefs to have to play the Broncos twice in three weeks. I mean, it's good because the Broncos are are just utterly garbage. Um, so that's good for the Chiefs. But to have to to have to deal with that, taking out that trash twice in three weeks, not good. But it's good. The Chiefs get a nice little tune up, a big game coming up against the Miami Dolphins in Germany after this. So they've got a chance to run their record up to seven and one before what's really shaping up to be a, an incredibly important game for Kansas City as far as you know achieving the number one seed in the AFC. Welcome in to everybody who's watching on YouTube. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. If you can do me a favor and hit that like button, would love to get as many Chiefs fans in here as possible. Of course, if you're listening to this on the audio version a little bit later. We appreciate you as well. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. Uh, But if you're watching on YouTube, another interactive show today. It's not going to be just me, though. We're going to bring on my guy Jordan Foote uh, from Arrowhead Report, and we're going to go over some burning questions that we've got for the Chiefs on the season so far and the rest of the way. And then uh, I'll preview Chiefs Broncos for you. It's not going to be a long preview because we just played these guys two weeks ago. So we kind of know what to expect. And hopefully the Chiefs can play a little bit better than they did the last time. Uh, Shout out to all of our members in the chat. Got some news to get to really quickly before we get to Jordan. Uh, If you haven't been following closely on on Twitter or wherever you get your Chiefs news, Arrowhead Addict, of course, uh, Justin Ross. Everybody's favorite receiver who only has a couple of catches this year uh, that everybody's really excited about was arrested earlier this week. Um, What was originally reported, and we'll talk about this with Jordan in a minute, but was originally reported as potentially a uh, a, 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 a typo. Uh, I'm sorry, I've just gone galaxy brand. I'm reading one of your comments. Um, It was originally a felony and property destruction and then it then it kind of came out. It's not a felony. It's a couple of misdemeanor counts, but unfortunately, one of them is domestic battery. Sounds a little bit similar to the Willie Gay situation, um, but maybe some some small differences in there. He was at practice this week, so the Chiefs are collecting more information. He pled not guilty, of course, so we don't know uh, a ton of the details yet. But we'll, we'll get into it with Jordan in just a second. But obviously, that's that's a that's a factor, especially for a guy who's sort of on the edge of the roster there. Don't want to be seeing Chiefs players getting in trouble like this. I don't know why it keeps happening. It's super frustrating, and I don't know why these guys can't keep their noses clean. They've got such an incredible opportunity, and uh, I hope if there was any domestic battery uh, that the victim in this case, again, this is all alleged, uh, I hope they're okay. Uh, We'll get into it. Um, And then another quick update, uh, Mike Pinnell is back. The Chiefs signed Mike Pinnell to the practice squad. If you remember, Mike was on the team a couple years ago, 6'4", 330-pound run stopper. He played in 22 games for the Chiefs. 
Uh, he played with the after leaving, played with the Falcons and the Bears last couple of seasons. He's, uh, I believe, they signed him to the practice squad. I'm, I'm kind of good with this move. The Chiefs, if they've got a weakness on defense right now, it's their run defense, and it's a little bit of a weakness at defensive tackle. So bringing a, a guy back who knows the system, who you might be able to rotate in for certain games, uh, I like the move. Um, you know, this isn't this isn't some sort of game changing move for the Chiefs. Again, he's on the practice squad. They'll get him up to speed, and maybe he can come in and some rotational snaps and help them against teams that are going to be looking to run against them, which I think the Broncos will here in just a minute. Uh, we're going to get to Jordan, but uh, first just let, want to let you know, if you want to become a part of the Arrowhead Attic community, check out the link in the description. we got Thursday night football tonight. We'll be in the private Discord with our Arrowhead Attic members, chopping it up, watching the game. We talk movies, we talk beer, we're talking Halloween, all that stuff in the, in the private Discord. It's a great way to support the show and get to know some other Chiefs fans. If maybe you're not in Kansas City, if you're listening to this, I know we got – we got people in Germany and all over the, the world that listen to this podcast. If you want to tap into to more of a community of Chiefs fans, the Arrowhead Ag Podcast is a great way to do that. And, of course, again, you're, you're supporting the show. There's different levels. There's a newsletter. There's a fantasy football league. Um, we have happy hours, all that kinds of, of fun stuff. Um, uh, Michelle, my girl, Michelle with the super chat, I miss you. Um, I can't believe you're watching. It's been forever. I hope you're well and appreciate that so much. Super, super excited to to see you. Um, let me know where you're at. Are you still in New York? Going totally personal here, by the way. Are you still in New York? Are you in are you in KC? Where are you? Um, come visit me in Chicago. All right, let's let's get to our, our guest um and get some to get some burning cheese questions. Please welcome in Jordan Foote of Arrowhead Report. Uh Jordan, how you doing, man? What's going on? We finally got you on the damn show. Yeah, no, 100%, man. I'm feeling good. I uh, I don't know how I'm going to follow this up. You had a really snazzy intro coming up. You got a super chat for 20 bucks. You summarized all the news. So, you know, it was good to come on, but I guess my my job's kind of done, right? Yeah, yeah. We can just, we can, <laughs> we can send you packing. Um, uh, so, so can you get, for, for people who don't know, they should know you and they should be following you on Twitter, but who are you? What are you doing here and what do you do? Yeah, so I, I cover the Chiefs for Arrowhead Report. It's the Sports Illustrated kind of subsidiary over there. Um, produced for KC Sports Network for quite a while. A lot of good people over there. So lots of Chiefs, occasional Royals stuff. You can guess which one is probably a little bit easier to, to cover and write about and talk about. But I'm just excited to come on and talk about a team that has won six in a row and people are still including myself, finding ways to kind of pick and pull at different parts of the team that need to be better. So um, it's it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I see Zach Eisen in the in the chat. Do we get oh, Zach what a on guy. here? What a guy! At some point as well. Yeah, what a guy indeed. Um, okay, so uh, yes, Jordan covering the Chiefs. You need to be following him. You need to be following his Royals coverage as well. Um, I, we always talk about this when we have you know folks from other organizations and stuff on the podcast. We're just like really. Really lucky as, as Chiefs fans, there's just so much good coverage of the team out there. Yeah. So many good podcasts and video content and blogs. Um, it's 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 just absolutely wild. It's a it's a it's it's a really blessed fan community. I feel. Yeah, no, it's one big crazy beautiful world of Chiefs stuff, and like you always have different people that put their different spins on it. Like you've got the hardcore film analysts, you've got the analytics people, you've got the guys and gals that try to kind of walk the line between both of them. Um, you've got video, you've got audio, you've got written. It is awesome. And again, like the team's succeeding, it's got the best player in the NFL. So it is a fantastic time to um, be a Chiefs fan, be a Chiefs media member, follow the team, write about the team, watch the team. Everything is pretty darn good. 
Yeah, it sure is, man. It is a golden age for sure. So let's get to some of these burning questions. Um, and again, if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that like button. And uh, if you've got questions, fire them away. We'll try to get to them as well. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get to uh, the first one here. And I, I hate to start things off on the negative note, but I already mentioned it. Uh, the Justin Ross situation. I know you've been covering this closely, probably even closer than me. Uh, what was initially reported as a, as a felony, it ended up being a, mm -hmm. a two-count charge, domestic battery, criminal damage of less than $1,000. What's, what's the latest on the situation? What's going on? Yeah, so it, it did start off at 2.54, 2.57, whatever time, almost 3 o'clock on Monday. Um, Justin Ross was arrested, and there was a call in, and TMZ leaked the um, dispatch audio apparently, according to the person that called in, was dragging her through the house, which is not good. He gets booked. The Johnson County bookings report comes out later. Um, it is a felony criminal damage with domestic violence listed in the comments. The initial damage was in excess of twenty five thousand bucks, and then I saw some people saying it was between one thousand and twenty five thousand. Either way, not good. Comes out the next day, he had an arraignment that afternoon. Um, at 1.30, got pushed back to 2.30. It got knocked down to a couple of misdemeanors. One of them was the domestic battery with no priors, which obviously not good. Obviously something that the Chiefs should be probably primarily focused on. There's also the um, criminal damage that was less than a 1000 bucks. And in the Kansas City Stars report, I believe, um, it was listed as like an iPhone, a laptop, uh, a piece of jewelry, like a bracelet, and then one other thing like a car key. So couple things adding up to that damage, clearly not 25,000 bucks, if that's what kind of got lumped in there. But the main thing, of course, is the domestic battery. Always a plus when you're fighting a legal thing and there's no priors on your record. But in essence, at its core, it is a member of the Kansas City Chiefs who's going through this legal process. The NFL has kind of a consistently inconsistent record with this, I think. Like, you know, a suspension's probably coming, but you aren't sure exactly what it's going to be. I'm assuming the legal process plays out. So it also doesn't help that he's, you know, guy 45 through 53 on the, the roster. He's not a Patrick Mahomes or a Travis Kelsey. And it's an unfortunate truth of the NFL that um, your talent can sometimes overcome some of these things. Um, it's a sad truth, but all, all in all, a sad situation. You hope that on a human level, of course, all this is alleged that everyone's okay. Um, but it really does suck. And the Chiefs, of course, still gathering information, want to support their player, all that stuff is fine and dandy. But um, it is a unnecessary distraction and something that you hope everyone's just going to find a way to come out on the other side better um, or at least doing OK. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I mean, we said the same thing when the Willie Gay incident happened. You know, there's just, there's no good there's no good way to spin these things when they happen. You know, you can say, oh, well, thank goodness. It seemed like maybe it was relatively minor when you're talking about domestic battery or domestic violence. Like it's just bad news all the way around. Um, of course, you don't want anybody to get seriously hurt. And you hope that 
whatever happened, everybody, the parties involved can learn from it. Any, anybody who's been victimized can be okay. You know, from, from a football perspective, that's, that's secondary. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's just frustrating as a fan. Uh, these things happen in life. There's a lot of people in the NFL. Most people in the NFL are, are, are terrific people and nothing ever happens and there's nothing to worry about, but it gets amplified because you're on the Kansas city chiefs and uh, the league doesn't want it. The team doesn't want it. So in these types of situations, you're sort of violating the, the, the personal conduct policy. There's almost certainly a suspension coming at some point. Um, and, and, and they do try to let things kind of play out. So we'll see, um, maybe nothing happens this year with Ross, as far as football related things, which again, are obviously secondary, but we're just going to have to hold our breath, find out more information and, and hope it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, I don't know what else to say on it. It, it sucks. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a promising talent. But, you know, you could see somebody getting cut loose, as you mm-hmm. pointed out. Like when you're not – you don't get as much of a benefit of the doubt when, when you're a bottom of the roster guy. Yeah, and he has another court date. I believe it's December 4th where they're going to proceed with this thing. And obviously some things can happen between now and then. Um, it's obviously dependent also on how much the alleged victim wants to cooperate and all that stuff. So plenty more coming with that scenario. But even again, it, you strip it down to its basic core. It's not good. It's something that did allegedly happen. You've got two parties involved. One of them is not necessarily a prominent player in the NFL, but a prominent player and talent really on the Chiefs, because this is a guy that people keep talking long term, like maybe the Chiefs cut MVS loose, maybe uh, Justin Watson doesn't come back next year. Maybe they realize, hey, Sky Moore might not be the player they wanted him to be. You can carve a path for a Justin Ross getting a starting role in 2024 and being a guy that the franchise wants to uh, build around long term on a cheap rookie deal. They went out on a limb for him with the uh, medical issue that he had back in college at Clemson. So it sucks from a football standpoint. It sucks from a personal standpoint. Um, but again, you hit the nail on the head. You just hope that everyone can move past it and, and learn from it and that everyone's all right. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's move on to more football talk here. Um, so, McCole Hardman, you know, he's back, made an impact last week with a with a punt return, not so much catching the football. Um, but you can see the juice that he has. Um, do you think this was a good move by the Chiefs? Where did Where did you stand on this sort of like before it and then once it happened and then once you saw him on the field again? Sure. It was one of those things where like you make a take, not expecting it to happen. And then it does. And then like you want to kind of change your mind, but you're also like, I don't want to be a hypocrite and I have to stand by what I said. So I I tweeted it was something kind of snarky and I try not to do that. But I was like, they already have McCall Hardman and it was they have a returner in Montreal, Washington. Um, They have a gadget guy in Kadarius Tony and they have the player that Mahomes hasn't always clicked with in Sky Moore. Then they kind of got that all in one when they got Hardman. I, I guess it makes sense because Washington, kind of a wash. He wasn't offering you as much as a receiver as Hardman was. You also have the Justin Watson injury factored in. So um, it, it definitely looks better and makes more sense now that I've seen it on the field a little bit. And also he didn't play a ton of snaps. Um, also, we're another weekend to Sky Moore not necessarily being the sky more that we expected coming into the season. Um, I don't think anyone really, even the people that thought he wasn't going to be a good player expected this from like the statistical lack of production. So um, I, I still don't think it was a fantastic move. And then there's the whole thing about maybe missing out on like a fifth round comp pick or whatever it is. So you can poke holes in it and, and 
poke logical holes in it, but it also is far from a bad move. Like he's going to help the team. He has playoff experience. He has the familiarity in the system. And you saw on Sunday, he had his two big plays in the fourth quarter on that last drive where they scored. He helped convert on a third down um, and had that punt return. So it makes more sense now that I've seen it. Still don't think it was a, a slam dunk of a move, but it's also, again, we're, we're kind of picking at a six and one team that brought back a player who has produced for them in the past. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can judge these moves a little bit later, right? I mean, you could have looked at the Kadarius Tony move last year and been like, this guy's not doing anything this year. And then <laughs> he goes and he, he helps you win the Super Bowl, And then like, you know, really he could just, he could just, they could cut him tomorrow. And, and I think most Chiefs fans would say, yep, good, great move. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, obviously you're hoping to get more out of him, but I do think it feels to me like a double down move for Brett Beach and saying like, Hey, we need a little bit more juice. Maybe Skymore is not working out how we hope. Maybe Tony's not working out how we hope. Maybe there's another move to come, but we can get this guy back. We're comfortable with the price and he might be able to give us something. Um, we know him. He knows us. And I think one big difference for McCole this time around than before, so many in the last couple of years, we were all hoping for McColl to move into this role of like a regular receiver. And so he was high draft capital. Now it's like, okay, you know what he is, you know what the, so the, I think like the expectations are different for him right now than they are against like somebody like Sky Moore, who you're still hoping can, can live up to their draft hype. McColl's not going to do that, but I, if he can make a couple plays for you, I'll take it. I'll take it, you know, and he looked great in the, you know, now, and then now you can put him back there to return, to return all those punts and stuff and, and not be like devastated if something were to happen yeah. to him. Cause you're not counting on him to be wide receiver two or three. Yeah, well, and that's a really good point. It's like the perception versus reality thing. When the Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire that first couple of years, everyone wanted him so desperately to be the go-to star running back. You realize that he's not that. You take him as what he is, and you aren't that disappointed. You're like, okay, he's probably a replacement level running back two or whatever it's going to be. Maybe there's a little bit of element where the team overdrafted, and you can't be mad at the player because the team might have made a – minor mistake the McCole Hardman thing the Tyree Kill uh, situation for lack of a better term was playing out during that NFL draft thing you get Hardman in the second round everyone it wasn't even Andy Reid or the team that made this direct comp saw the speed and said oh that guy right there yeah that's Tyree Kill that is an eventual replacement he was never going to be that he was a very raw receiver coming out of Georgia he needed those gadget touches um you draft the guy Outside the top 50, I think it was. He might have been like the 53rd pick or whatever the pick was. You're definitely not going to get tremendous value. And you can do the revisionist history of the DK Metcalf and everything. Um, There's reasons that guys like that sometimes slide that we'll never know. That front offices all made the same choice. So, um, again, the perception, like you said, comes in. No one's expecting him to be wide out one. Probably no one expecting him to be wide out two. If he can settle in somewhere after that, then it's probably worth it. I think that's a great point. If you, if 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 in the next game they they snuck Clyde Edwards-Helaire out there in a P. Ryan jersey and then they gave him <laughs> a couple carries for for two and a half yards, nobody would be people wouldn't be complaining. They'd be like, "Oh, good, we finally called up." It's just it is what mm-hmm. it is, um, and it's it's not it's not their fault necessarily. Um, but what are you going to do? All right, so m- more on that topic of the wide receivers obviously some Chiefs fans have been in an absolute panic over the production of the wide receivers Rasheed Rice is starting to come along now but players like Sky Moore who we've already talked about Kadarius Tony have certainly been underwhelming 
How concerned are you about this group right now? And, and how do you think that this will play out over the course of the rest of the season? I think if the the mean of Chiefs Twitter was like a nine, nine and a half on the wide receiver scale of 10, like just panicking the sky's falling. I'm probably like a, a six and a half to a seven. Like, I don't think it is a absolutely pressing. This is going to have the Chiefs lose multiple games thing. But if you look into that crystal ball and you see an AFC championship game against a Buffalo Bills defense that gets a little bit healthier or the Cincinnati Bengals defense that carries Joe Burrow there, unless he gets a little bit better, like you can see a lack of separation or a banged up Travis Kelsey or a lack of Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony stepping up as one of the main reasons why the team loses. So simultaneously, probably still the biggest problem on the team, but doesn't mean it's a absolute glaring problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm with you. The only thing that really scares me about it, I've been pretty adamant throughout the process that I, I feel like they've got enough talent in the room to, to figure mm-hmm. it out and that Andy Reid will figure out how it all works. And again, you've got Rasheed Rice. He's still coming along. What does he look like at the end of the season? MVS finally got something going the other day. So sometimes it takes some time for them to figure out how they want to use their personnel, what works best. The thing that worries me is, is the lack of, if something were to happen to Travis Kelsey, God forbid, I'm knocking on wood. Um, and then that lack of a player that can really make a huge play and, and bail you out that go to like they used to have with Tyree kill. That's where they're in a spot and there's just nobody that can do that. I think they need to be a little yeah. bit more on schedule. That would be my only concern, but I do think that I've just, I've looked back at Andy Reed's history with receivers and, and on the mm-hmm. chiefs. And when Alex Smith was the quarterback and they were running out, you know, guys like, uh, um, oh God, who did they bring? Did they have a Donnie Avery and yeah, you know, like, and AJ Jenkins yeah. and, and Junior yeah. Hemingway and yeah, it was Albert Wilson. They scored. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they scored points. You know, so it's it's you know it's um it is a little bit of a system that works well for Andy, but you want to see just a couple people step up. And I think after yeah. last year, I do think after last year that the Chiefs sh- should have bought a little bit more patience from the fan base based on them winning the Super Bowl with the group they did last year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, well, it, when Mahomes is out there, and that's kind of the the double-edged sword of, oh, he wasn't playing great to begin the season, but he also beat the Bengals with Marcus Kemp on the field. Like It's, it's yeah. one of those conundrums where also because they did it last year, everyone pointed to, well, they did that. They can definitely do this every year. It's like it's more of a case-by-case thing where I'd say they almost got away with it last year and the lack of investment in Juju – obviously being hurt, but I legitimately think, and this is not a thought that's exclusive to me, they thought Kadarius Tony was going to take a big step, and obviously Sky Moore is a part of that, but then Tony got hurt in the preseason, or I guess the first day of training camp, then got hurt to begin the regular season after a couple games, and then in the most recent three games, 25 snaps and 30 snaps, he hovered around 40%. You're like, okay, this is where he's going to settle in. This is where he can make some legitimate damage in the passing game. Then he plays 13 snaps last week when perfectly healthy with McCall Hardman back. So I don't know if that move was them insulating depth or admitting that, hey, Tony's just never going to max out as anything more than a gadget guy that scores a couple touchdowns and is a decoy, which again, considering the uh, plays he made in the Super Bowl in the playoff run, it's worth it. But I think they expected Tony to take a step. 
I think they thought MVS could get a little bit better in the system. Sky Moore, definitely. And that's a big reason why they haven't taken a leap forward as an offense. But they didn't push the Tony Whiteout one stuff for nothing. They legitimately thought that he could make an impact. And he's made one, but it hasn't been, you know, he has 105 yards through seven games and he's played in every single one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not good. So, okay. If there's a way to fix this and if you have, if you're listening out there on YouTube, hit that like button and let us know uh, your answer to this question. Cause I think it's an interesting one and I know everyone's got opinions on it. NFL trade deadlines less than a week away. It's on Halloween. Um, do you expect the chiefs to be active at the deadline and what positions do you think they should target or any players specifically? you think they should target i'm gonna be honest with you i think the chiefs might be done i, I think mccall hardman like i expected one move and it could be the laurent duvernay tardif move or i think martinez rankin was like a trade years ago like they've made these moves where they they trade lower profile guys and they end up getting a, a draft pick back or another player that turns into a contributor down the road whatever it's going to be they got mccall hardman and they lost a draft pick swap for it they might lose a conditional or not conditional uh cop pick they might be finished now if not i think wide receiver might be the way to go which is kind of why i'm leaning they don't make a move just because there's so many cooks in the kitchen and you bring up mike evans chris godwin a they cost a lot of money b their team for better or worse is competing for a playoff spot you bring up Cortland sutton jerry judy I don't know if the Broncos would deal to the Chiefs. You bring up Devontae Adams, you have the money problem, you have the AFC West. So there's really only, I think, two guys that make any legitimate sense for me, Um, one of them being DeAndre Hopkins, and he's probably going to come in a little bit cheaper via trade than people think. That's if Tennessee shops him and then Marquise Brown. But you are relying on A, you have to extend him, basically, unless you just want to make a complete rental, and B, you're giving up draft draft comp for a guy. You're hoping Arizona eats some of that salary. So um, it's possible to fit Hopkins in under the cap. His cap hit is a lot lower than I thought it was going to be. It's just under a million, according to this thread that Seth Kaiser asked, because I almost asked the same question. I was like, I'm not smart with the cap. Don't know what it is. Someone help me. Um, so they can get Hopkins. I think that would be a legitimate uh, floor and ceiling raising move for the whiteout group, but I would lean that they're probably done. We do know they showed some interest in Hopkins in the off season. It didn't work out. So that, I think that's probably, if they do something, I, I think that's probably the most likely move with, with the Titans kind of realizing it's yeah. time to reload. Like this isn't, it's not going to work. I have one more name for you and and our listeners will have heard me say this before. And I, I was interested in this guy in the off season I interviewed him at the Super Bowl. He told me, I think I've still got something left to contribute to a team. And that guy's Adam Thielen. Obviously mm-hmm. long in the tooth, but he's okay. on a team that I don't think they've won a game yet. Um, mm-hmm. They've got a young quarterback. They've been rumored to be looking for uh, to try to trade for a top-tier wide receiver. Obviously, um, the, the argument against them trading Thielen would be, we got a young quarterback. He's targeting this yeah. guy like crazy. Um should we should we you know get rid of him for some capital? Um, but he has been playing really well this year, and he's a veteran guy that you can trust with good hands, pretty good size. I mean, is that somebody you could see them going after? I it's possible. And like the thing is, if Brett Veach ever liked him, 
there's one thing Brett Veach has shown. He's like, if you were my guy at one point, damn it, I'm going to try as hard as I can to get you. <laughs> like, I'm going to to move everything I can. Tony, one of those guys, he's brought back guys in the past where either he's narrowly missed out and there's some credence to um, the Hopkins thing as well. Hey, this didn't work out then. Let's try again now. Thielen's cap hit coming into the year, they structured the contract pretty well to where the Chiefs could make it fit under the cap if they wanted to. There's an out for 2025 with only $5 million in dead cap, so it's not like you're uh, rostering the guy until he's 40. The problem is KCDC mentions in the comments is he's 33, and like, yes, he's the only notable wideout, so I don't think that he would struggle this year if he was in Kansas City, but A, the injury concern is always there for a player that old, and yeah. B, you're probably only getting something out of him this year. Like, I don't know with another offseason, another training camp, um, that he's going to be too effective, but man, he seems like a great locker room guy. It seems like he would understand the system very quickly and pick it up. He would be a trusted guy for Mahomes, and he's played way better than I thought. I didn't think he would just be absolutely terrible this year and completely washed up, as people like to say, but I did not expect him to be like a top 15, top 20 wideout, and he's kind of had a renaissance on a team that is just bad. I mean, they're just they're just terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's gobbling up he's gobbling up targets like crazy. I wish they had gotten him in the offseason. I, I think the thing that they're missing is that just rely like another Travis Kelsey, that yeah. like reliable veteran that Mahomes can go to. You know he's gonna catch the ball, you know he's gonna run the route well, he's gonna be in the same spot. Um and but as everyone pointed out, like that's a move you're making for this year. You think he can help you win another Super Bowl, and that's it. And it kind of smells like a move that a it smells like a move that a team makes that hasn't won a Super Bowl or hasn't won a Super Bowl in a while. And they're like, we're just, we just need this one piece and they're kind of desperate. And the Chiefs yeah. aren't that team. They, they, they don't need to make desperate moves. I felt the same way a little bit about Hopkins in the offseason. I was like, do they need to bring in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins? Can they keep developing their talent? Like they just won a Super Bowl. Like nobody'd be mad at them if they don't win it again this year, you know? Um, and that's that's the tricky part is these moves are are really high stakes, especially when you're bringing in a 33 year old guy. But I, boy, I think you could pop him in this offense and you, you really might have something particularly if he stays healthy. We'll see. It's going to be exciting. I haven't heard anything about Thielen and the chiefs. That's just, that's just a guy I look at. And I think, boy, this, this fits a need for them. Um, all right. So it's been a weird year in the AFC. Uh, the Bengals and bills have struggled a bit. Which team do you think is the biggest threat to the chiefs in the AFC right now? Do I have to pick one or can I do like a tier? I, I can do both, I guess. No, I can do both. Man, whatever you want. Okay. I still can't shake Cincinnati, man. I know their schedule does have some bad games left in terms of being tough. I know Joe Burrow may or may not be, you know, 70%, 80%, whatever he's at, but he has looked better in recent weeks. The defense still looks really good. T. Higgins is getting healthy. Jamar Chase is always going to get the ball and always going to be open. He's back to posting the memes like Cincinnati has that like unshakable confidence and they started off slow last year. They got it together long term. They have the proven playoff. I guess you could call it success or even being able to hang with the Chiefs go toe to toe with them. So if since he gets hot moving forward, I'd say it's them. Um, I think Buffalo's still they're just so banged up and I like Josh Allen. I think he's a great talent. I think they can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs at their best. I just don't know if they're going to get that. And then that second tier, you've probably got Miami and Baltimore, maybe. Like, they're both teams that 
if everything breaks right, their offenses are going to be dynamic. Baltimore has the better defense, but they also have a quarterback in a system that hasn't proven itself come playoff time. Um, then you've got Miami that looks really good, but I, I made this analogy. I was doing a radio thing this week. They remind me of like an NBA team that shoots a bunch of threes and you get into the playoffs and you need a guy who can like get to the rim or make a mid-range shot and you just keep shooting threes and sometimes they don't fall. Yeah. Um, they get a little bit cute sometimes and I don't know if the playoffs are going to end up being that for them. So I'd still say Cincy, if everything breaks right for them, Buffalo's still legit, then you're kind of just a toss-up. So the Chiefs are probably in a pretty good spot. Yeah, and boy, I'll tell you that the the Bengals caught a break. Uh, you know, obviously yeah. we hope we hope Brock Purdy's okay, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play this weekend in the concussion protocol. The look, the the the, the they've got Sam Darnold, I think, is their backup. Um, they could still beat Cincinnati. The way Cincinnati's played at times this year, and with that defense and Christian McCaffrey, like it, it doesn't mean it's going to be a cakewalk for the Bengals, but they're in certainly much better position they've got a, a bit of a brutal schedule coming up. And I was looking at that San Francisco one as one that might break them a little bit yeah. and make things really tough for them. So we'll see. That's going to be a fascinating game to watch. I'm with you at the end of the day, the Bengals always start slow and then they, they tend to come around towards the end of the season. And if they do that, I still think they're the biggest threat to the chiefs if they're firing on all cylinders, but they, are having a little bit of trouble keeping him upright, which is not good. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, just to kind of play off of that, who's the best team in the NFL right now? It's a tough one. And like, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I wouldn't have said the Chiefs were in that conversation. Now they've strung together the tough divisional wins that you're like, okay, they're officially that top three team. And the top three before that, they might've been in there. It might've been Miami, like the, the sample size. And people usually say like seven to 10 weeks, then you know what teams are, or at least you get into November and you find out we're here. <laughs> we're at that yeah. point. It's going to be November next week. Um, so the chiefs are in that convo. I think Philly, despite looking like just weird sometimes this year and the offense, not clicking and, and hurts being a little bit banged up and relying on the tush push to convert first downs. Then you've got a team like San Fran that has the on paper. I think the best team in the NFL, they've got a fantastic system, but Purdy's starting to come back down to earth a little bit. I don't know if come playoff time they're going to be able to do it. So I I think it's a rematch of the Super Bowl in terms of the best two teams in the NFL. Like it's the Chiefs and Eagles in whatever order you want to flip. Like the further we get into the season, this Chiefs defense that everyone said, okay, maybe top like 10 to 15, like it's going to be an above average unit, started off hot. And even myself, I was like, okay, let's see five games. Let's see six games. It continues to put up big stats, even in the Chargers game, went from first half pretty bad, second half absolute shutdown unit. So if the Chiefs have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense and really leaning towards five in both of those, then it might be the Chiefs. So I'm going to lean Philly just by a hair just because of that defense being scary and more proven. But man, you give the Chiefs even a little bit more kick offensively, they're going to be the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, look, I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs right now because they've got the best player and yeah. the best player with the best, not not the best defense, but the best defense he's ever had by a mile. Mm-hmm. And if they keep playing that way, I had said on the podcast, like, look, don't they're going to have a game where they're they're going to they're going to give up 30 points or something like it's the NFL. You can't 
you can't be the steel curtain, you know, every single week. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But to see them in that first half against the Chargers, like look like they couldn't stop a nosebleed and like, oh, okay, like what's going on here? And for them to adjust in the way that they did, that's really, that's really intriguing for, <laughs> for me as a Chiefs yeah. fan to see like, oh, we got a little something here. Like just like the offense can struggle and adjust and figure it out. If the defense can do that, that that makes me very, very excited. Because the last few years, it's pretty much just been like, like the Bengals game in the AFC Championship game is, I think, a great mm. example. It was like they stopped them for a quarter, and then they were out of tricks. It was it was tricks, right? And 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 after that, I mean, there's talent there, but I mean, then after that, it was just like hanging on for dear life and hoping that you could pull it out and stop those guys. Yeah, it, it like went from the Chiefs' defense will get better down the stretch of the season to this year, the Chiefs' offense will. And defensively, yeah. it went from what can Steve Spagnuolo draw up to make the Chiefs' defense look okay or good to what can he draw up to make it go from good or really good to downright scary for an opposing team. Like, that seems pretty legit. Like, if the Chiefs do have, even if it does slip and it's 11th in DVOA at the end of the year or 11th in points per drive or 8th or whatever it's going to be, Still the best defense Mahomes has had. And even if you take the offensive threat of a Tyree kill away, this offense is probably going to be the fourth or fifth best by the end of the year. Like it's going to get better. I think um, it's tough. It went from before the year. Okay. The Chiefs might not win the Super Bowl this year to I think it's a realistic expectation for them to get there again and host another AFC championship game. And they're, they have the one loss to an NFC team. Like everything despite a weird season so far from them and a lot of close games they've had to grind out and some tough ones and making Zach Wilson look a little bit better than he was and stuff like that. Hell, they could lose to the Broncos on Sunday and still be in a really promising spot long-term, which through eight weeks is about all you can ask for, I think. If they lose to the Broncos, I might walk into traffic. That'd be oh. pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be a rough look for the next few days for sure. Yeah, especially with Miami looming. All right. So we're about at the halfway point of the season. So far, who are your offensive and defensive MVPs for the Chiefs? It's such chalk. I have Patrick Mahomes on offense, and like I probably have been more critical of him than a lot of people and said maybe he's part of the problem offensively and he was a little bit skittish and making some bad decisions. And like I think all of that's true, but he's still been a top two, three, four quarterback in the NFL. Like if he hasn't been the unanimous number one. He's still been an all pro level player and really one of the very best in the sport. And he's trending up. He's putting together better games. And even against the Chargers, he had that one interception on the the deep ball. The Hardman still played flawless outside of that. Like he's putting together these games where maybe in the past, those couple interceptable balls don't get picked off and the stats look a little bit better. Now they're just getting picked off. And you're like, okay, you can live with those. Every quarterback makes a couple mistakes. So Offensively, Mahomes, I think uh, Travis Kelsey has really been stepping up lately and resuming his old form. And then on the flip side of the ball, I think it's Chris Jones. Like the Chiefs have had a lot of players. I think that Drew Tranquil, low key, has been really good. Trent McDuffie's been fantastic. Legarius Sneed has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, but Chris Jones has still been the the bread and butter of the defense. And like with Charles Amenihu out. Makes you wonder what it would look like without Jones long term. I know that week one, it was okay without him, but um, it's still going to be him. I'm going to go chalk, but the Chiefs have a lot of guys that that deserve some love for sure. Yeah, um, I think those are 
obvious choices. I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go a little outside the box here, though, for for offense. And I'm going to say Travis Kelsey. Obviously, like Mahomes is Mahomes. And even slightly subpar for him, Mahomes is still better than most everybody else. But I think Travis Kelsey, during this time of of, of, of finding themselves on offense and some struggles and some wonky throws from Mahomes and things like that, He's been there racking up the yards, helping him score touchdowns. Like, I just think he's been so important to them during the stretch while, hey, we need to bring Rasheed Rice along. We need to figure mm-hmm. out if it's Tony or Sky. Like, while they're figuring all that stuff out, they're able to do that. They have that luxury because of Travis Kelsey. Um, and uh, on, yeah, on defense, I'm with you. It's Chris Jones. He's he's what makes everybody's uh, McDuffie's been fantastic. Legereus yep. need, um, but he makes it all work. He, he, he makes it all work to its potential i think so i've got to go with him well and the thing with kelsey it's also hey dude you're 34 hey dude you had a a bone bruise in your knee because you hyperextended it in week one hey man you sprained your ankle or whatever it was like he's not fully healthy and he's also older and he's also still playing a ton of snaps like you can see in game three or four times where the camera cuts to him you can something's just a little bit off and that's not to say that he's off but like just not feeling great. And still you can't stop him. Like if Travis Kelsey wanted to play until he's 40, he could, he could be LeBron where even if you're not what you used to be, you could still be a damn good player and just mentally what he's able to do um, and stay on the same page with Mahomes. Like obviously if the chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes, you can have a one or two game stint where Chad Henney wins games or Matt Moore, or whatever you go to a full season, you put a replacement level quarterback on the chiefs they're not winning a ton of games. So if you take Travis Kelsey out of the passing game, Mahomes is great. Andy Reid's fantastic, but that would be, I I can't even think of what it would be. It it would be not great for the Chiefs to have a a replacement level tight end. So that's a good pick. He's just incredible. Like the thing that always is so insane to me about Kelsey is that he, when you watch the clips of him, you're just like, it looks like it's just easy. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, he just he's like, running he, on air. He's right. just running routes on air. That's it. Yeah, yeah. and he gets like insane separation where he finds a spot mm-hmm. in the zone. And he just sits out. There's nobody within ten yards of him, and you're like, how does he? Like, it looks like defenses are just letting him do that, and that's <laughs> not the case. That's how good he is. You know, otherwise, other tight ends in the NFL would be just they'd be doing the same thing. Oh, I just run to this hole in the middle, and they they can't do it. They don't have the same rapport with their quarterback that Kelsey does. Boy, what a what a an absolute blessing he's been to the Chiefs kingdom since his arrival. Um, all right, last one here. Chiefs are heading to Denver, take on the Broncos this weekend. How do you think this one plays out? What's your final score prediction? I think I saw that the line was like nine, nine and a half, and I'm not totally convinced that the Chiefs cover, and that's nothing to do with the Chiefs' quality of being a team. Like I think they're miles and miles ahead of the Broncos, but third straight divisional game in a row. The weather is going to be a little bit weird. You're on the road. You're at mile high. The Broncos, if they weren't playing for their season last time, are literally playing for the season this time. So I can see Brian drops 31-14 in the comments. Could totally see that. I'm thinking 77-3 is a good one, too. Um, I'm thinking like a 27-21, where like the Broncos score one late and it looks a little bit closer than it was. But Mm. the Chiefs still, you can tell it's one of those games where even if the score is close, it's never in doubt, kind of like the last Broncos game. Um, yeah. I could see it just being a little bit higher scoring than that. 
I have a prediction, but it comes later in the podcast. So if you're all with us, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait for mine, but I don't think it's going to be close. I'll give you a little bit of a teaser. Jordan, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, man. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for fielding my questions. And um, yeah, we hope to have you on uh, some other time during the season. I don't know if you're ever available on post game or something like that, but we get the post game show. I'd love to have you on for something like that sometime. Get your immediate reaction. Be awesome, man. Had a blast. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. That's Jordan Foote, everybody, at Footnoted on Twitter. Make sure you follow all of his work over at Arrowhead Report. Appreciate you, man. Um, all right, everybody, that was awesome. I've uh, been meaning to get Jordan on the show for a long time. We've got more guests coming up. Obviously, our pal Matt Verderam is in quite a bit, and uh, and uh, we're, we're just trying to keep things as, as diverse as possible around here and get you lots of views on the Kansas State Chiefs. And thank you to everybody in the chat who was awesome with all of the, uh, the feedback, the questions, and things like that. A couple more of those score predictions, and we'll get to, to more of those later. Lucas says Chiefs 24-17. Jay says 34-13 Chiefs. Uh, Lucas says it might be a, it, it might be a snow game, but it, it might not be a snow. It might be a snow game, but it will be cold. Yeah, I did see that there might be some snow in the forecast. We're gonna have to check that out. But um, let's get into it, okay? So again, just give me a short game preview. We just talked about these guys two weeks. Not a ton has changed. A little bit has changed. Um, Chiefs six and one. Broncos are two and five. Uh, Jordan mentioned nine is the is the line, and I thought I saw something like that too. And I was surprised when I checked the DraftKings line uh, today when I was doing show prep that it's it's at seven. So I don't know if it has come down because I can't recall exactly what I saw and when I saw it. But um, I was a little bit surprised at it only being seven, given the last game that these two teams played. And I know that that was closer than it should have been. I just think the Chiefs are so much better of a football team. They are so much better than Denver. And I know Denver's getting some points because they're – they're on the road. I think if this game was at Arrowhead, it'd be nine and a half, ten, right? Something like that. Um, but yeah, the over/under is forty-six. Again, this is on DraftKings. Chiefs seven. I think they're going to cover. Um, so who have the Broncos beat? They beat the Bears, thirty-one to twenty-eight in a game they were losing, and they and they stormed back. And as we know, the Bears' defense is putrid. And then last week they got their second win of the season when they beat the Packers, nineteen to seventeen, in a bit of an ugly game. Uh, Jordan Love, not great. Completes like 50% of his passes. So um, Denver eked one out there. Uh, and their losses. They lost the Raiders, Commanders, the Dolphins. Remember that game? Uh, <laughs> gave up like 70 points. They lost to the Jets and they lost to the Chiefs. Um, so as far as the injury report goes, Cream uh, Jackson, not in the injury report, but he was suspended originally for four games, safety for them. A uh, good player was was suspended for four games because of, of he keeps getting flagged for for illegal hits. He appealed that it brought it down to two, but it, it doesn't matter. The Chiefs aren't going to see him again this year. His first game from the suspension will be on Sunday. Uh, did not practice. Um, this was as of yesterday. I hadn't got the Thursday Broncos uh, injury report yet before the show. Running back Dwayne Washington, he's not going to see the field anyway. Did not practice. He's got a knee issue. Limited were free safety Justin Simmons. Uh, he had a hit, so he'll probably be out there. Um, Chiefs, Nick Bolton, unfortunately, as we saw last week during the game, injured his wrist. He's going to miss a couple of months probably. Um, that sucks. He's the brain of the defense. Thank God the Chiefs have Drew Tranquil. The Chiefs played okay with uh, on defense without Nick Bolton, but he it, it's a blow not having him. It's it's going to make things a little bit harder 
um, for the Chiefs on defense. But the important news is, is that he's not going to be out for the season. He'll be back in time for the playoffs. And frankly, that's fine with me. Get him healthy. He's important. We need him for the stretch run, and the defense is deep enough. And that's that's a credit to Brett Veach, bringing in Drew Tranquil, making sure that they had a deep linebacker group so that they could absorb an injury like this. No team is going to get through the NFL season unscathed. You you hope it's not a guy like Nick Bolton, but the, the good news is, is it's not a catastrophic injury. Uh, did not practice today. And again, this is the Chiefs got their Thursday uh, report out before we got on the show. Uh, Jarek McKinnon with a groin injury. Now, it's interesting. He he was a full participant yesterday. He was on the injury report. It didn't say veteran rest on the injury report. And I haven't had a chance to check Twitter to see if, if they talked to Andy, if Andy said it was a rest day. They may just be being cautious with him because he is – he is an older guy, and he's had that injury. He got that first practice in. So keep an eye on Jarek McKinnon. If he is, you know, it's all about tomorrow, right? You want to see at least him being limited in that in that practice tomorrow on Friday. So maybe they just gave him a rest day. And another sort of interesting out of left field one here uh, we didn't see coming was Harrison Butker. Do not practice today. That's the bad news. The good news is it was because of an illness. So he'll probably be fine by Sunday. He's got plenty of time to heal. It might just be a cold stomach bug something like that. Um, not worried about Bucker hasn't missed a kick all season. Um, and then Mike Edwards and Christian Watson were, who were on the injury report were full participants. So the chiefs getting Christian Watson back who has been their leading receiver. Um, and that's kind of exciting. I think the emergence of Rasheed Rice along with Kelsey rocking and rolling makes me even more exciting, excited to get uh, Watson back. Um, because he's been solid for them. He's been catching the deep balls for Kansas City, um, and uh, they need him. They need that explosive play that they haven't really been getting from Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And these guys, you know, again, they, they basically play the, the, the same position. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did say Christian Watson, I've got fantasy brain right now. I'm thinking about the fantasy football team. Uh, that's Justin Watson. Um, you know, these guys have too, too, too many similar names, too many Watsons. I mean, come on, what am I, am I supposed to keep track of them all? Um, the chiefs need him back. And I think, uh, you know, it's, again, he's not going to be a guy who's going to go out there over and over again, uh, and, and have massive days, but he's that player that once or twice a game can help get a big splash play for you. And he's been pretty consistent with that this year. And that's what the Chiefs need. It opens things up underneath and he's been consistent for them. So hopefully uh, it it looks like he's on track to play and that's good news for the Chiefs. All right, so the tail of the tape here. Again, I'm I'm perplexed by the seven line because the Chiefs are giving up 15 points per game on defense. The Broncos are giving up 31. Now look, some of that is skewed because of that just complete meltdown game that they had against the Miami Dolphins. But still, they are giving up uh, 31 points per game versus the Chiefs 15 on defense. The Broncos' run defense is giving up 167 yards per game, 257 yards passing. So they're not a good defense. The Chiefs should be able to run on them. The Chiefs should be able to throw on them. Oh, boy, we got a, we got a, a really angry person in the, uh, in the chat there. Turbo. Chiefs suck, and I don't care what anyone says. Angry emoji. I hate your team, and I hate your stupid quarterback. Miss Patrick Mahomes. Clown emoji. Look at him going for the old, the old misogyny. I can insult this 
multiple time MVP, multiple Super Bowl champion by calling him a woman. Go ahead, block me. Only girls do that. Some more misogyny. Go Raiders. <laughs> what a loser. Oh, man. I, this is what I love about doing a live show. You know, you get the trolls come, come swinging through. Um, and, and like this one in particular is really good because it's so unhinged. You know, like it's, it's full, like he also spelled chief C H E I F S, which way to go, man. Um, tells you all you need to know. And of course he's a Raiders fan, right? Um, just absolutely hilarious. Lucas, what a Lucas says, what an alpha male sarcasm. Um, so funny. All right. So look again, tail of the tape there on the offense side of the ball. Chiefs are uh, scoring 25 points per game on offense. That's good for seventh right now in the NFL. Uh, and the Broncos are scoring 21, which puts them about lower middle pack, back end of the middle pack. And we talked about this in the in the preview last time when these two teams played. The Broncos have a little bit of juice on offense. Sean Payton's an offensive coach. Every once in a while, Russell Wilson forgets that he's washed and like makes a good throw or, or has a run or something like that. Um but this is, again, it's still not a good team. They're not a particularly dangerous team. And when you take a sort of middling offense, and that's that's what they are. With, with They've got some ability to make some splash plays, uh, and they run the ball pretty well. But otherwise, there's the, the, the receivers aren't scaring you like, like what you, you know, what you see when you go up against a Cincinnati or Buffalo. The running backs are, are solid, um, and the quarterback is underwhelming. So – you know, as far as keys to the game for the Chiefs in this one, number one, top of my list, and let me know what your keys to the game are in the chat over on YouTube. Convert in the red zone. For God's sake, convert in the red zone. I think that was the, the, the thing that, that almost bit the Chiefs the last time they played these guys at Arrowhead. Remember, the Chiefs won that game 19-8. to It was an ugly game for the Chiefs, but they still managed to pull it off. This was a game that the Broncos didn't score until the fourth quarter. Uh, the, the Chiefs are pitching a shutout, but they were one for five in the red zone in that game. Uh, and they also, the Chiefs also took seven penalties for 84 yards. So I think like just right the end, and there was like a bad, I think, interception for Mahomes. I think you just take those things right there. If the Chiefs, if the Chiefs score in the, in the red zone, like three out of the five times that they, that they get there, then this game like is a, is a complete and utter blowout, right? Like the Chiefs win. 31 to eight, if they, if, if they just convert three of those red zone opportunities into touchdowns. So like it was a complete railroading other than the fact that the chiefs got down the red area and didn't put the ball in the end zone. Um, sorry, I'm going back to somebody, somebody messaged me. I'm getting confused here. Um, so that's, that's number one for me. It's just, you're going to move the football. They moved the football against the Broncos in the first game. Uh, the chiefs had 389 total yards in the game, um, they, they passed for 293. Mahomes was 30 of 41. They ran the ball for 96 yards. They just couldn't convert in the red zone. So if they do that, they're going to be fine in this game. Uh, number two is keep getting Rasheed Rice involved. He had a nice game against the Broncos the first time, um, and and he's he started to become that that, that sort of secondary uh, safety valve like like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was for the Chiefs last year. Uh, in this game last uh, last two weeks ago, four receptions for 72 yards for Rasheed Rice on four targets. I'd love to see a similar line like that from him. Maybe maybe six catches, 
close to 100 yards, and maybe you get him in the end zone again. He's been great down there in the red area for them. If he continues to ascend and they can get the ball to him and, of course, Travis Kelsey, I think you're going to be okay. And then run the ball. As I mentioned, the Chiefs only ran for for, for just under 100 yards against the Broncos the first time these two teams played. They can't stop the run. So I would run it down their throat with Pacheco a little bit more, particularly if they find themselves struggling in the passing game for a stretch. This is this is a run defense that can be had. Um, Angry Drunken German says Denver has had two periods of success in the last 40 years. Raiders had one fluky Super Bowl appearance. I love it. Um, so, again, keys to the game for the Chiefs. Convert in the red area. Keep Rasheed Rice involved in the game. Run the football. Take advantage of, of what you've got there in Isaiah Pacheco. And then number four, this one is, is for every game. No dumb turnovers. Mahomes can't get loose with the ball. Just take care of the football. Like this is this is a game where the only way the Chiefs can lose is if they bail Denver out by doing stupid things, committing stupid penalties, killing their own drives, turning the ball over. They're far, far, far superior. By the way, we had a super chat about this game from our guy, Derek Watson. I appreciate you, man, uh, your patience on this for, for me getting to that. You said this game is what makes the Broncos go full fire sale. Yeah, I think they're pretty much almost there. And as we mentioned, the trade deadline's on Halloween. So, you know, they lose this game. They're toast. It's over. Pack it in. Get what you can. Start the rebuild. Sean Payton's going to want to bring in his own people. Obviously, could only do so much of that in his first year. So it sounds like everybody's on the block there in Denver. Uh, the Jerry Judy could be traded again. He's not going to have on the Chiefs unless the Broncos are really dumb. And uh, you, you know your guy, your guy Russell Wilson though, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be there. Um, all right, on the defensive side of the ball, just two very simple keys for the Chiefs: limit the Denver run. Um, the one thing Denver does pretty dang well is run the football. They had 145 yards last week in their game against the Packers, and uh, they they run it pretty well. They're, uh, let me pull their stats up here. Um, as a team, the Broncos are averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, Javante Williams, who was coming back off an injury, but he's a talented back. Uh, he's got 272 yards rushing. He's averaging 4.3. And then they picked up this kid, Jaleel McLaughlin, who played uh, at Youngstown State. Uh, I was born in Youngstown. Um, almost went to Youngstown State. He played over at Youngstown State, comes in. And he's been like a firecracker for them. Uh, he, he's got 235 yards on 34 carries. He's averaging 6.9 yards per carry. And they've been using him in the passing game as well. Um, he's got uh, 59 yards receiving. So he's a really interesting player. She's going to need to keep an eye on him because he's, he's kind of like a little, little scat back type. Um, but look, for the Broncos to, to do well in this game, they're good, or in any game, they're going to need to run the football. And if I had to guess, that's how they're going to want to attack the Chiefs because if the Chiefs have a weakness on on defense, it's it's their run defense. They're middle of the pack on uh, you know giving up a little over 100 yards per game. The last time that these two teams played, the Broncos ran for 115 yards on the Chiefs. They averaged five yards per carry. Javante Williams only got 10 carries, though, for 5.2 yards. So this is going to be another one of those games where the Chiefs need to force – they need to do well on first and second down and and force the Broncos into situations where they need to throw the football because that's that's where the Chiefs are going to be the strongest with their pass rush and with their secondary. So don't let the Broncos get off to a good start on each series and on each set of downs. Limit them, keep them to two, three yards, and then tee off on Russell Wilson. And then lastly, beware the deep shots. Um, they got a guy, Marvin Mims, on their team who earlier in the season – made some made some hay for them uh down the field with you know as a field stretcher 
the, if he's on the field, they should be looking for the deep ball. And Russell Wilson has not like he has not been good since that stretch where he was getting Mims the ball earlier in the season. So if you go and you look at his, his Russell Wilson's journey throughout the season, you know he threw for 177 yards in the, in the opener against the Raiders, and then he had he had three like halfway decent games, and these were not good defenses he faced. He went up against Washington, he threw for 308 yards, 306 yards in the 70 to 20 loss against Miami. So who cares? Throw all of that out. It was garbage time immediately. And then he threw for 223 yards against the Bears, uh, three touchdowns in that game, no interceptions, and that's it. Since then, he's played three good defenses in the Jets, the Chiefs and the Packers, and he has thrown for 196 yards against the Jets. He threw for 95 yards against the Chiefs and 194 yards against the Packers, Um, and he threw two interceptions against the Chiefs. So Wilson is not back. He's not having a career renaissance. It's not happening. He's not good, Um, and the Chiefs just need to make sure that, again, he doesn't really throw the deep ball well anymore, but he used to be really, really good at it. If that guy's in the game, if Mims is in the game, be careful. Don't do anything stupid. You don't need to go crazy blitzing this guy. You don't want to get beat on some. You remember when the Chiefs played Tebow and like Tebow like literally could not play quarterback and the Chiefs were terrible and they still allowed him to to hit a guy over the top for a big play for a touchdown. Again, these are the ways that the Chiefs are going to lose against the Broncos. Stupid crap like that. Um, Just take away the deep, deep part of the field. Don't give him anything easy. The quarterback's not good. You can play man-to-man defense against Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's the, the wide receiver one on this team this year. He gets targeted the most. You saw him make a great catch in, in Denver's only touchdown against the Chiefs the last time these two teams played. I, you can man up on these guys if you want to. Have some safety help over the top. And, like, I don't know where else he goes with the ball. They don't have any other receivers. So it's the running game. It's those two wide receivers that – Neither of them are great. Neither of them are terrible. They're good receivers. Sutton and Judy are good receivers. They can be good, but the Chiefs defense is way better. There's just absolutely no excuse for the Chiefs not doing the exact same thing that they did to the Broncos the last time these two teams played at Arrowhead, which is, yeah, sure, you give them a few runs here and there. You don't give them up anything in the passing game, and you hold them to like 8 to 15 points. Uh, What are your keys to the game? Let me know in the chat other than show up for the Chiefs against this lowly Broncos team. Uh, let me know who you think, uh, what you think are the keys to the game for the Chiefs. And I'm going to get to my final score prediction here in just a second. But we got to do AFC contenders and pretenders. Uh, it's our segment we like to do every week, take a look at the different teams in the league. And this year, or this year, this week, I decided to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me know in the chat. Pittsburgh Steelers, contenders or pretenders, they're four and two. They're 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 a game back there in the AFC North. Um, this isn't really a hard one, but they got a winning record. And you know, we do this once a week or so. We got to have somebody. Uh, they're pretenders. Uh, Pittsburgh, great coach, Mike Tomlin. They got some good players on defense. They got a few good players on offense. I really like uh, Pickens. Um, but th- th- it's just ain't it. Kenny Pickett. Not great. Um, seems to be about the same guy as last year, giving me middling sort of like, I don't know, early career Alex Smith vibes, something like that. Like I just, until he makes the leap, until they have good quarterback play, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be contenders, but because they're so well, I mean, they've been outscored by 24 points this year. Um, 
Yeah, Nate says uh, pretenders till they get an offensive line and a much better quarterback. Agree. Bumpus says pretenders and a great defense. Ronald says Steelers pretenders, though I like the team. Yeah, I mean, like they're going to be well coached and they're going to stay in games they shouldn't be able to stay in because of their coach and because of a few of the a few of their players. But they're just missing guys at the key positions. When you look at the AFC North, it's sort of a hodgepodge, and I think that's why Jordan and Jordan's right. Why you should think that the Bengals might be able to sneak and start rising to the top. Because you look at Cleveland, they've got maybe the best defense in the NFL, but they're fatally flawed on the offensive side of the ball. They can run it. They don't have a quarterback that can play right now. Pittsburgh Steelers, pretty much the same thing. they got a pretty good defense, really good coaching, don't have a quarterback that, that can win them games against really good teams. Um, yeah, the Ravens are are dangerous. Lamar's dangerous. He's playing well. Um, and they've, they've scored uh, 171 points, which is almost the Chiefs, and they've only given up 97. Um, and they've played the the full complement of games so far. So the Ravens are good, but again, I think at the end of the day, they're benefiting from being in kind of a so-so division. I don't think they're among the elite of the elite of the AFC just yet, but we'll see. We got a long way to go. But the Steelers are definitely pretenders. All right, let's get into our final score predictions here. Um, I guess I'll start. Let me know in the chat. Final score predictions. Chiefs, Broncos, uh, again, as I mentioned when Jordan was on, I don't think this one's going to be particularly close. I think the Chiefs convert in the red zone. They move the ball just as easily as they did last time, but they convert in the red zone this time. I got it, Chiefs 28, Broncos 17, so I think they more than cover. And given the Broncos 17 in this one might be generous, but I just think the Chiefs might be up big in this one. And then kind of, like, I could see it being 28 to 10, until the last like five minutes of the fourth quarter and the Broncos get a garbage time touchdown and, you know, everybody goes home feeling a little bit better about themselves. Uh, Chad Snow says 32-12 Chiefs. Um, Aditya uh, says 31-17. to Don, 34-20 Chiefs. Ronald, 27-13. I think that's a good score too. I like that one. Uh, Chiefer, 65 toss power trap, 27-10 Chiefs. Uh, Keith, 34 to 13 Chiefs, uh, angry drunken German. We need the shutout. We should have had it the last time. I agree with you, man. KCDC, 31 3 Chiefs. You know, I really, I, this, if you remember, those of you who are fans of the show and who listened in the summer, I thought this might be the first game that the Chiefs lose. They, they, I thought I predicted when the schedule came out, the Chiefs would lose in Denver. I figured Sean Payton's coming. They're going to be better on offense. I'm happy to be wrong about that one. I don't see it happening. So that means that the streak should continue. Uh, it's been since, I believe, September of 2015, since it uh, was the last time that the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So there's going to be a whole generation of children who are going to be going to school and all that stuff and have never seen the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's glorious. Injected into my veins. I want them to win every single year. A couple more uh, final score predictions. Angry Junkin German, 24 nothing Chiefs. Bumpa 24-14, Sean Price 28-12, Donkeys get only field goals. I could definitely see that happening, um, absolutely. KCDC, uh, oh, I don't know what that means, never mind. Um, uh, yeah, so I you know, I just think, uh, yeah, what a time to be alive, says B-Royal. Yeah, it is. I mean, Mahomes, the Chiefs, the Super Bowls, but a really special part of this whole era for me is this absolute dominance of the Denver Broncos who, and I was growing up and they had Elway and then they got Manning and just tormented us. 
So to have this, like, I want it to go on forever, man. Like, even if the, the Super Bowl stopped coming for the Chiefs, like, let's, str- how far can we stretch this thing out? Can we make it a decade? Can we make it 15 years where the Broncos just can't beat the Chiefs? It's absolutely incredible. Um, we'll have to look at, see, like, what's the most dominant streaks. I know the Steelers had the Browns number for years and years and years. I think the Browns snuck one in every once in a while, but this has been uh, pretty amazing. Angry Drinker German says an entire generation of Denver fans with inferiority complexes. It's exciting. I'm with you, man. It's absolutely incredible. All right, everybody, we got to get out of here. No Patty's power rankings this week because I wasn't on top of my shit. Um, we'll get to it next week. And let me know. Uh, shoot me an email. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Oh, by the way, one last thing before we go. Go to my Twitter account. I'll pin the tweet. We're giving away. Uh, uh, we're doing a giveaway this week. We're giving away a print of, of Patrick Mahomes talking smack with Max Crosby. You can see it on my Twitter it's really easy to enter. Most of you are probably basically already entered. All you need to do is retweet my tweet about the giveaway. Um, it's uh, it's it's from our guy Corey, the artist in chief, on uh, on Twitter, and um, I'll drop the link here to our guy Richard, and maybe he can get it out to you guys. Um, uh, it's a really cool. So all you got to do to enter is uh, I'll, again, I'll pin it to. I'm an at R Patrick Allen on Twitter. I'll pin it to my to my Twitter. All you have to do is retweet that tweet. Then you've got to be following me and Corey on Twitter, and you got to be subscribed to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast on YouTube. So you're probably already following me. You're probably already subscribed to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast on YouTube because you're here. So go follow Corey, and that's it. You're entered. You've got a week, uh, and we're going to be giving this really awesome print of his away. He does really cool artwork about the Chiefs. Great way to decorate your space. Uh, all right. Appreciate you all very much. Um, Let's get out of here. This has been a great show. Thank you to Jordan Foote for his support. Thank you to producer Richard for always having my back. And uh, thank you to our members who I will see in the Discord tonight for Thursday Night Football. Um, For the whole crew, appreciate everybody on YouTube. We will see you on Sunday. uh, Friday, tomorrow, we'll have our guy Joe Summers with our betting show. And then uh, we'll have our pregame show, halftime show, and Chiefs postgame show this weekend on Sunday after the Chiefs stomp. Broncos. Okay, for the whole crew, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you over the weekend. And until then, as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.